Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Today. The latest allegations against Urban Meyer proved to be his last. The biggest surprise from signing day is ready for primetime. Plus, how do the Browns field a team now? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and biggest debates in sports. You're Locked On Today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. Thanks for making Locked On Today your first listen of the day. On Wednesday, allegations that Urban Meyer kicked former Jag kicker Josh Lambeau at a practice came to light as Lambeau gave an interview to the Tampa Bay Times. Less than 24 hours later, Jaguars owner Shad Khan announced the team would be parting ways with Meyer and Daryl Bevel would be taking over as interim coach. This is just the latest in a string of misdeeds for Meyer, whose transgressions might be funny if they weren't so sad and pathetic. To break it down, here's Locked On's Kim Becker with former Super Bowl champion and Locked On NFL insider Isaiah Stamback to explain just what went wrong in Jacksonville. I'm going to take you guys all the way back of the extensive list since the day that Urban Meyer got hired and we're kind of running through a timeline of all the things that have happened. Starting on January 14th, okay, Urban Meyer was hired as a Jaguars coach. Soon after that, February 10th, he hired Chris Doyle, the, the controversial coach, strength coach out of Iowa, who was let go because of accusations of racism and bullying. Two days later, Chris Doyle, the coach, resigns from his position due to a lot of pushback within the locker room there at the Jacksonville Jaguars. May 20th, they signed Tim Tebow, former quarterback, um, for his former quarterback and NFL quarterback. But now he wants to sign him six years um, after being not playing a game in the NFL and signs him to a new position of tight end. Very controversial, causing a lot of issues within the locker room as well and within the NFL. On July 1st, they were found uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars were found to have broken the rules of the CBA agreement. And they were one of three teams in the NFL that were fined uh, for breaking those practice rules. The team was fined $200,000 as well as coach was fined $100,000. September 12th, there were signs of dysfunction within the, within the organization and the team with their first loss, the first game, first game of the year, they lost it at, uh, to Houston Texans. And word got out that he was rubbing, like Urban Meyer was rubbing players the wrong way with his temperament. That was kind of the beginning of the murmurs coming out of that camp. September 22nd, there were signs of him being overwhelmed when following the, and prior to the game against the Denver Broncos, uh, Coach Vic Fangio, uh, sorry, Coach Vic Fangio uh, told reporters that prior to the game, they spoke and he told them that every week in the NFL was like playing against Alabama. That was said during their, during their pregame speech. October 2nd, video emerges. The video, the infamous video of Urban Meyer following a loss, he stayed back in Ohio and went to his bar and was found on video dancing with a young lady who was not his wife. He later apologized to the team on October 4th uh, for being a distraction. Hmm. October 5th, Shad Khan, the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, comes out and publicly states that his actions were inexcusable and he must regain the organization's trust and respect. December 11th, reports come out that Myers infuriated veteran wide receiver Marvin Jones to the extent that he left the facilities and had to be coerced by, by other coaches and staff to try to come back on site. He, as well as the, the conversations regarding 
the team that he that he had and sorry the conversations that he had with the team where he stated that he is a winner and all his assistant coaches are losers he also asked his assistants assistant coaches to come up there and defend themselves as to why they are not losers december 13th he was asked about andre cisco and his playing time he stated i believe he said he's getting a little bit more playing time i don't have all his numbers in front of me after going back and looking at the stats Andre Cisco didn't play a snap that game. December 15th, as of today, the reports come out of Lambeau, and this obviously what we're speaking of right now in terms of him being kicked and these accusations. As I just mentioned here, Kim, there's a long laundry list of things that have occurred since Urban Meyer has come on the staff, none of which are good. Isaiah, thank you for that. I mean, hearing it all in chronological order like that and date by date is Pretty astonishing. I know, you know, from my experience, just seeing everything on the news and on the media and whatnot, you hear things, you know, here and there and there throughout the season. So you just kind of get this piled up opinion of him in your head. But when you hear it like that, you know, every the date and every situation, I mean, like you said, he is really just not doing himself any favors. He's not doing anything that really shows that he wants to be a leader of a successful NFL team and that he's putting his players and his staff before anything else. I mean, I don't have any experience in the NFL as a player or as a coach, but I do work at a college football team and I have never seen behavior even close to that. I can't even imagine it coming from the people that I work with. Yeah, the, none of these actions are indicative of a leader um, of a college organization, any organization really, uh, but especially in the NFL. Coming up, the biggest surprise from signing day is ready for prime time. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. Alabama, Georgia, and Texas A&M have all been fighting for the number one spot when it comes to recruiting, but it was the Aggies who were able to pull ahead after the final day of the early signing period. Texas A&M pulled ahead of Alabama for number one in the class by landing four ESPN Top 300 commitments. One of the biggest movers of the day and in the past few weeks has been Texas. They moved to number four in the rankings. The Arizona Cardinals are set to lose wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins for a second time this season. Hopkins is expected to miss the rest of the regular season with a sprained knee suffered Monday night in a loss to the LA Rams. But the team is hopeful to get him back at some point in the postseason. It took overtime, but the Lakers got an incredible win in Dallas. This is Andy Kamenetsky, co-host of the Locked on Lakers podcast, and a 107-104 overtime win for the Lakers in Dallas. No THT, no Dwight Howard, no Malik Monk, all in the health and safety protocols. No Luka Doncic for the Mavericks, so they've been playing pretty well without him. Really entertaining game and a really scrappy one for the Lakers with a lot of contributions, 67 combined points. For the big three, Wayne Ellington hit a corner three to send the game into overtime. And then the game winner, Hillbilly Kobe people. Austin Reeves buries a three with one second left, one of five threes that he hit during this game. He also had seven rebounds, two assists. Just a really good all-around game for the rookie who is going to be the feel-good story of this one. It was not a perfect night for the Lakers, but it was actually, I think, a pretty significant win for them as a team that is slowly moving in the right direction. And speaking of late game heroics, Thunder Pelicans isn't a thrilling matchup on paper, but the ending was historically fun. First, Shea Gilders Alexander hit a ridiculous three from well beyond the arc 
to tie the game at 110. Then, Devontae Graham, as time expired, heaved the ball 61 feet, a three-quarter court heave to win the game 113-110 for New Orleans. The longest buzzer-beating game winner in the last 25 years per ESPN, and also the first time in 25 years we've seen two go-ahead shots from 30 or more feet inside the final five seconds. The Utah Jazz made a move on Wednesday. A move that might only be surprising by its timing. The Utah Jazz today announced Danny Ainge as its new CEO and alternate governor for the organization. Ryan Smith bought the Utah Jazz from the Larry H. Miller family. And since that day, it has been rumored in NBA circles that his close friend, former Boston Celtic executive Danny Ainge, would take over basketball operations in the Utah Jazz. And those rumors came to fruition today. Ainge brings a championship pedigree, having hung one of the banners in Boston. He brings the unique all-star 13-year player career, five-year Phoenix Suns head coaching career, and a lengthy run as the Boston Celtics executive to the Utah Jazz, a team that has the best record in the NBA since 2016-17, is knocking on the door for a championship, and now has a new man in charge of basketball operations as they head into what may be some of the most vital moves for this franchise if they're going to hang a banner for the first time ever. One of the bright minds of basketball is now leading the Utah Jazz organization. Justin Zanuck, the general manager, holds in that position. That's what happened last night. Here's what to look for coming up on betonline.ag, your number one spot for all your football action this season. Here's your look at the NFL this week. The Kansas City Chiefs are road favorites against the LA Chargers. The betonline.ag line for this game is KC giving three for their Thursday night matchup. We also have Saturday football this week. The Indianapolis Colts have a chance to prove something against the New England Patriots. The betonline.ag line for this game is Indy giving two and a half at home. And with all the drama surrounding Urban Meyer and the Jaguars, they are actually favored this week. The betonline.ag line for the Jags against the Texans is Jacksonville giving three and a half at home against Houston. For all your gambling needs, betonline.ag has you covered. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use the promo code Locked On to get that bonus. Here is another story you need to know. It was the big shocker of National Signing Day. Deion Sanders and Jackson State flipping arguably the top prospect in the nation. Travis Hunter, an all-world cornerback, is going to Jackson State over primetime's alma mater, Florida State. Joining me now from Lockdown HBCU, it's Darian Gray. And, and Darian, this is an incredible change in the tide that I think we have to attribute at least in part to the changes in name and likeness rule. How much do you think that changes the landscape, this ability for these prep players to come in and make money changes how they feel about going to an HBCU? I think that it can change things. However, I think that the true focus of this news of Travis Hunter going to Jackson state isn't even so much about the name, you know, the NIL, the name, image, and likeness. It's more so about finding something that's bigger than him. And it's something that he said within his his photo, which he announced his, which he announced his commitment to Jackson State. This is bigger than him. This is something that I've been watching start percolating. It's it's been bubbling up. And this is one of the things where you can't ignore it anymore. HBCUs are a destination for people. And I think it will continue to be a destination going forward the number one recruit in the nation. And I'm going to be completely honest with you. 
this is not anything that I would have seen coming. I would not have seen the number one guy. I would have seen some high three stars, some four stars coming in. And maybe as time goes on, you're able to get a, a five star. But the number one player in the nation, that's not something I would have seen coming. And I think only Deion Sanders could have could have made that happen. The, the Deion Sanders part of it is is obviously, I, I think, something that we're going to talk about. I'm with you. I, I would have thought that we would have seen this, honestly, in basketball first, just because a star basketball player, Zion Williamson, we knew Zion at 14, 15. We don't know these prep recruits, at least broadly in the sports culture world, the same way. So for this to happen in football, it also seems like that is part of what makes this such a compelling story. I completely, I think that's a great point because there's five people on the, on the field at, or excuse me, on the court at one time. When you really think about it, one player can change it all, right? You just need one player, one Zion Williamson and everything is altered. But you look at Travis Hunter, theoretically, Tra- Travis Hunter could come on the team and they still be a bad team. Right. You know, like theoretically <laughs> that could happen. And that's why this is such a big deal because this is a football player, the true team sport, 22 starters on the team, you know, not, not even 22, including the long snapper, punter, kicker, 25 starters on the team, a true team sport. And that's why I think that it is indicative of a larger shift of more people deciding to want to go there. So, yeah, I would have thought we would have seen it in basketball. Mikey Williams mentioned it, you know, but he he obviously is, hasn't even came up to be to be a college player yet. He's still in high school. Right. But to see Travis Hunter do this is like, wow, this is a big time move. How how much do you think is riding on his success at Jackson State? His success as a player, his success as a brand. I mean, all the things that that we think of when we think of success in terms of how it affects this generation and the next generation of kids who see this as an option. I think that it has a moderate, not minimal, not large, but the reason I say moderate is because I think there will be enough players who follow him before his success can really be completely absorbed. Great so point. we'll see people in 2023, 2024. He won't even be eligible to go to the draft at that point. So you'll see kids or you know young high school students saying, I want to go to a place like that. And it's something that I talked about on, on Locked on ACC. Imagine if Ray Lewis is recruiting you and you're a linebacker. Do you th- how hard is it going to be to tell Ray Lewis, no, I won't come play with you? I don't care if he plays. I don't care. I don't care if he's a, a, a D2 coach. That's difficult. Deion Sanders is the greatest cornerback to ever grace the football field. You know, yeah. I've heard people say he's the greatest player of all time. And we already know what the type of personality that he is. So when you have all of those things, you know, you know he's charismatic. So you know he can reel people in. And you know he's a great football player. So imagine you being a cornerback, you being a defensive back, and now I can go learn from the greatest to ever do it. That's going to be a hard thing to turn down no matter where he is. It just so happens that he's at an HBCU, and now it's like, wow, we can really feel all the love, and I think other HBCUs can benefit. This is not just a day for Jackson State. They benefit from getting Travis Hunter on their team in the immediate impact. HBCUs nationwide are going to benefit from this impact because other players are going to say, I can go there too. Coming up, how do the Browns field a team now? Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. 
Built Bar is the perfect stocking stuff for this holiday season. So many flavors. You can please everyone. Give them something delicious, something chocolatey, something decadent, but something that is also healthy, low in calories, low in sugar, low in net carbs, low in fat, but high in protein and high in fiber. Who wouldn't want to pull out their stocking? Cookies and cream. Pull out their stocking. <gasps> Peanut butter brownie. They give you that extra fuel, that extra boost to continue to open presents, to continue to holiday shop. All options are on the table with Built Bar, a taste that you just will not believe until you have the opportunity to try it. People are passionate about their favorite flavor. I know I am. The coconut brownie is the best. There are so many options, and they're always coming up with new products, new ideas. They have uh, puffs that are like marshmallowy, fluffy, delicious little treats. Unbelievable. Go try them. Go to built.com and use the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. That's built.com, promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off. Agree or disagree? This is the Q of the Day. At the rate the Cleveland Browns are currently going, Bernie Kosar is going to have to play quarterback and Hugh Jackson may have to come coach the team because seemingly everyone in Cleveland is in COVID protocols. Kevin Stefanski, Baker Mayfield, the latest big names added to the list. Joining me now from Locked on Browns is Jeff Lloyd. And Jeff, the league is approaching what feels like a tipping point. They are working on trying to, to finagle protocols. But this is a team in the short term for Cleveland that they have a, a crucial must-win game on Saturday against the Raiders. How are they going to put together an NFL team? They're in a really, really tough spot, Peter. There's no way about it. And it's it's very, very centralized on the offensive side of the ball. Um, you were already missing your right tackle out for the season, um, but now you are missing your left tackle. Your right guard is in the protocol as well. Right now, you have Miller Forrestall as the only tight end healthy on the roster. It appears David Ajoku is back, something through his Instagram, but nothing official yet. So at least that's one body coming back uh, from the COVID protocols. The problem here is, Peter, the Browns who currently, it was 17, counting David Ajoku, but 16 of these players are vaccinated and known well to be vaccinated. Uh, the one player that we believe we know, and he's been highly you know, vocal about, is John Johnson III. Look, Boston College grad, whatever he thinks, whatever he believes, look, everybody's entitled to their own beliefs. But you're in a, it's a tough situation. I mean, what are you supposed to do if you're a player? You've done everything, and maybe if they haven't gotten their booster yet, I understand. And maybe there's some saying, hey, I don't want to you know, get a dinged up arm for a day and a half in the middle of a game week. You know, I have enough to do to prepare you know, from being injured the week before to getting prepared to play the following week, especially on a short week, which is a Saturday. So it's a really, really difficult situation here. And you know, what, are you, what are the Browns supposed to do? And, you know, for anybody saying, oh, well, it seems like it's a Cleveland problem. 75 players, Peter. 75 players in less than 48 hours went on the COVID list. There's no way this is just a Cleveland problem. Albert Breer reported yesterday that the NFL is looking into this idea of incentivizing boosters for non-testing. Essentially, if you're boosted, we're not even going to test you. And so if you are positive, we are comfortable enough with a 95% roughly vaccination rate in the NFL that everyone is going to be safe enough. What do you think of that as a sort of middle ground here? That's okay, but how do you do that now? I mean, right. that could have been something where, you know, where we first started talking about boosters. You do this now, but then, well, you know, where is your thing? Okay, as of two weeks ago, this Who are you helping okay. now, basically? Yeah, it's a really, really difficult situation to be in. And look, for the Browns, it's a really, really tough spot to be in. Look, for what 
this game weather-wise looks like it's going to be you're starting it at 4:30 in Cleveland on a Saturday night. It's going to be in the 30s. There's possibility of snow flurries. You have Nick Chubb. You have almost all of that defense. It still looks like it's going to be okay, but you're in a really, really difficult situation here if you're a team. Because, look, you got a lot of guys that are doing everything that's right. And, you know, it's not their fault necessarily that the general public isn't. And, look, we still don't know everything we need to know about this disease, this virus. They moved games last year that involved less that was going on, and we certainly weren't talking about vaccination during that period. I don't know what. It seems like Cleveland's in a really, really tough spot. If your Green Bay Packers are able to do the Browns a favor this weekend and the Browns could handle their own business on Saturday, this is a team that was in the basement two weeks ago and now would be leading the AFC North. So just a really, really tough situation. And it's been a tough season all around, but it seems now maybe where they're starting to right the ship health-wise, now COVID has crept in and knocked out a lot of people. And finally, with the league facing a surge of positive COVID-19 tests, the NBA and the National Basketball Players Association are in talks centered around increased testing league-wide for vaccinated players and staff, league sources told ESPN. As of Wednesday morning, a total of 60 players have entered health and safety protocols this season, including 43 just in the past two weeks. 13 players entered protocols Tuesday, by far the highest of any day this regular season. The previous single-day high was four, which had happened four times, all within the past two weeks. The Chicago Bulls, Charlotte Hornets, and Brooklyn Nets have been hit with outbreaks, and the two-time NBA MVP Giannis Antetokounmpo of the Milwaukee Bucks entered protocols on Tuesday as well. Thanks for making Locked On Today your first listen of the day. Now that you've got the news, go make some money. Make your second listen, Locked On Bets. Download and subscribe, free and available on all platforms. Coming up Friday, a battle atop the AFC West. Chiefs or Chargers? So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on today. Today.